Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. It has been a long week. <laughs> this uh, this working for a living thing really, really sucks. Yeah, man, it's just bullshit. <laughs> Do you, sir, have anything from last week that you want to discuss? Because I could not find anything that really stuck out to me. No, me either. Alright, I guess we're just going to go into it then. And I think the start of this show might surprise a lot of people. Uh, I asked you in our run sheet, so just kind of let me go for a minute. Yeah, that's fine. Because I have some things that I need to get off my chest. Of course I want you to chime in, but I think nine times out of ten, and you would agree with me, Mike, that, you know, we both, but especially me, I try to be the voice of reason. But at this point, I just have to say what I need to say, and... This wild card shit has to go, or has to be changed, or has to be restructured, because I don't know what it's doing to the product, but I don't like it. Uh, I'll say this before I get rolling, Mike. Raw was good this week. I thought Raw was a good show. Uh, SmackDown was an okay show. Both of them had good to decent wrestling on the program. That being said, this wildcard rule is making SmackDown seem less than. Couldn't you agree with that? Yeah, of course I do. It's, it, you know, they're, they are doing an okay job of trying to mix up who is going to which show, with the exception of a lot of times Roman Reigns. Uh, but we barely got Roman at all this week. I don't even think he was on any of the shows. It was more video packages. Uh, but, like, the overall feeling of it, man, we're just seeing too much of the same. And especially on a two-hour show like SmackDown, it might not seem to affect Raw as much. But on a two-hour show, you got an hour less. We're seeing some of the same storylines repeated from Raw that's on SmackDown. Mike, this is why I didn't like pre-brand split SmackDown, because it was a rehash of Monday Night Raw, and we do not need that, especially with this Fox deal, especially since when we initially did the brand split in 2016, 
this seemed to be like the shot in the arm for SmackDown. This seemed to be uh, able to give life to some stars who maybe didn't see the light of day because of the size of the roster, because of everything that they had to do on Monday Night Raw, and then they rehashed on SmackDown. But now we're seeing people on the sidelines again because we're we're doubling down on some of these bigger stars. And while at first I was like, okay, this wildcard rule could be something cool, I'm just done with it, Mike. I, I don't need it. If we're going to have it, it needs restructured. It needs to be... I think way less emphasized on SmackDown. And, and, and I mean, we got two Miz TV segments, Mike, and I love the Miz. But if there's one thing we don't need more of, it's interview segments. And if there's one thing we definitely don't need with those interview segments, it's two of the same ones on a, both shows. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I, I get what you're saying, bud. <laughs> I just. I, I don't, I don't like the fact that we have, like, where the hell is Nakamura and Rusev? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even talking to guys like the Eric Youngs and, and the, like, I, I'm trying to say it without insulting some of these people. You know, the Liv Morgans. But where are Nakamura and Rusev? Where the hell is Buddy Murphy? We're taking him off of 205 Live former cruiserweight champion and i haven't seen him on smackdown live yet is 205 live even a show still it is a show and from what i heard this week it was absolutely fantastic and chad gable debuted on there chad gable's on there well yeah he debuted this week on there and he is supposed to be a smackdown star this is what i'm saying mike um Look, I haven't been a fan of this fucking wild card thing since it started. But to answer your question about where are Rusev and Nakamura, I don't know, man. I am going to be honest with you. I don't watch this fucking show anymore. It's gotten to that point for a lot of people, Mike. I don't watch either of these shows anymore. And the only reason I keep up with any of them is because we do this. This wasn't a thing. I wouldn't be keeping up with either of these shows right now. This wild card rule was too much for me. It is too much for me. It is ruining the experience of watching these shows. Because all it is doing is making me feel like we are back in 2012 when SmackDown wasn't worth a fuck. The SmackDown title was essentially the glorified Intercontinental Championship. And, like, none of it matters. Like, the whole point of, like, the whole splitting of the brands was people are getting chances, and, like, no one's getting chances. The same people are getting the same shit. And now, instead of, like, a three-hour show where at least you were going to get to see, oh, hey, man, cool, I'm going to get to see, I don't know, I'm just pulling a fucking name out of the air here. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, Bobby Roode. Say you're a Bobby Roode fan. I don't know who it is still at this point, but whatever. Let's go ahead and say you're a Bobby Roode fan. Not like, you know what I mean, not like Bobby Roode isn't good, but like, they fucking ruined that. Um, so say you're like a Bobby Roode fan, you're like, oh, cool, man, three-hour show, gonna get more Bobby Roode. 
Uh, no. Turns out you're getting more fucking Kevin Owens. Who's not even on the fucking show? <laughs> so it's just the same people yeah. running the same storylines across two shows now. And it's just getting so played out. It's just like, like, and I know you're going to disagree with me because this is going to be a whole segment later in the show. But what, when the fuck did Shane McMahon become the star of both of these shows? Shane McMahon is the fucking main <laughs> character on WWE TV right now. What what the fuck I, is going thought, on? He gets I, I, more TV time on both shows than anybody. Yes, he does. He does, and we'll, we'll talk about that further. I'm not going to completely disagree with you, Mike, even though you'll understand why you thought that when we get into the segment later. It still is a problem. It's still... It can be done without being too much. Does that make sense? Like with the Shane stuff, if if we're if we're doing what we're doing with him, that's fine. Hey, at least I can at least accept the reasoning of Shane being on both shows because he is a McMahon. He is kind of the boss. It makes sense, I guess, from that aspect. But the the time consumption is a problem and. Just the fact that you add that on top of these other stars that are going back and forth. Like, I clearly love Alexa Bliss. I've stated this numerous times, but... And I know she has this match with Bailey at Stomping Grounds. It's a cross-brand match, whatever. Uh, it doesn't be... Her storylines do not need to extend to both shows. They don't. This is just... This is fucking wild card rule. This is such typical WWE shit. You know WWE, it, like, I explained to you their creative process, right? It's ready, fire, aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep, they, yep, they yep. do everything ass backwards, and they, they, they like, oh, you want to see more people. You want more people getting more opportunities. Okay, well, Alexa Bliss will get an opportunity on a show she's not on. That's more people get more opportunities. No, that's not what we wanted. That's not... Yeah. That's not what... We, that's not... Oh, you want more people getting more different opportunities. Brock Lesnar's got the money in the bank. That's not... That's not what we... That's not what we wanted. That's not... You're not listening. Oh, you want more people? Get, <laughs> it's just like everything that they're doing. It's like, we're going to listen to you, kind of, but like... Like, look, man, if you don't know how to suck my dick right, like, take some fucking direction while you're down there. And if you're not going to, like, take some direction, don't, like, tell me you're going to take direction, but then be like, I know that you said you like the back of the head of your dick getting licked, but, like, I think maybe you like, like, stroking the shaft. And I'm like, no, that's not what I like at all. That's not at all what I said. I said, lick the back of the head and play with the balls. And you were like, stroke the shaft. And you're like, literally, that's the one part I didn't mention at all in my genitalia. Why are you focusing on that? And they're like, I really think you're going to like if I stroke the shaft. And you're like, I, it, it's yes, it's my penis getting played with, but this is not going to make me come. <laughs> and, and oh, God that's how analogies. I feel like, about WWE uh, listening to fans and whatever. And this wild card rule. Like, it's, and it's even more frustrating because they are doing some good things, which, you know, we're going to try to highlight some of that. 
but the overall feel and the overall feeling for fans is just that it's more of the same. You know what I mean? And I don't. Yeah, I know as what a you fan, mean. As a fan, you just want to sit down and enjoy the show, which I can do from time to time, but you want to see some of these stars and when some of these people don't even like half of them you can forget about where they are and like even with this wildcard rule like I forget that Roman Reigns is a part of Smackdown when I see him on Raw every week you know what I mean like I've heard talking heads talk and mention something about Drew McIntyre and being on Smackdown and I'm like the dude's not on Smackdown he's on Raw like, it's confusing for everybody, and it's just like, get your shit together. You know what I mean? He's on SmackDown like, every be, fucking week. This can be tightened up, and you can do a quote-unquote wild card, and you could do it in a better way, in a more efficient way, if you really felt like you needed to, and I just don't think they need to, Mike. You know, if you wanna, if you wanna interchange champions from time to time, I would be more acceptable of that than the fact of just sending people, random people, over to shows to interject them for whatever reason to do a storyline that continues from Monday to Tuesday. I, I just don't understand. We don't need it. There is enough talent on this roster on both shows, on all shows, on all four shows including 205 live and nxt we don't need stars from raw going to smackdown and vice versa we just don't need it well there's even okay there's even a world where this works if you're sending like like ricochet is going to show up one night on smackdown to answer uh a fucking Intercontinental Championship open challenge. Yes, yes. And, but here's the thing. Let that's, me, that's how a it good works. Point you bring up. That's how it that's works. That's a great. That's a great point that you bring up. But you know what the other problem with that is, Mike? What? It's something like that in this current state that we're in with this wild card rule. There's not going to be as big of a surprise now. Yeah, that's you know what true. I'm saying? Like, like Kevin Owens showing up to challenge John Cena for the U.S. title when there was no wildcard rule, no, you know, no inclination of stars going from an NXT to a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. It was a big deal and it shocked people. You're conditioning fans now to no longer be shocked when someone who shouldn't, you don't think is on this show shows up. Because now you're used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's not a big deal at all now. You don't care at all now. Be now you roll your eyes. Because we're doing it every week. You fucking roll your eyes now. Yes. And now you're like, oh, Kevin Owens is on Raw. Great. Yes. And I mean... There are definitely... Like, I enjoy everything. Like, you know, we're bringing up Kevin Owens. You know, I enjoy everything that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is doing right now. That's not the problem. The problem is, I don't need it two times a week. Because there's plenty of people who I would 
rather see for that other hour. You know, Smack, uh, the first hour of SmackDown shouldn't be the fourth hour of Monday Night Raw. You get what I'm saying? Uh, and that's what it feels like. And it's diminishing, like you said, you're not even paying attention to these shows. You're checking out what you need to check out to talk to me to do this show. And that's a problem, Mike. I openly that seek, is a problem. Hey, hey, I actively seek out the Firefly Funhouse. Well, and uh, obviously. I'll but, give them but that. That's a problem, Mike. You. You have been a fan for your entire life. Me, the same way. We both left at a certain point in time, and we both came back right around the same point in time. So, at that point, they did something to bring us back in. And I don't think they did anything to get rid of me. My thing was a personal thing, a life thing. I Things changed in my life. I didn't have cable at the time. I fell out of it. It was just one of those things. I didn't have but, the opportunity to keep up with it. Same. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a they turned me off and I left, but like that's kind of where you are now. It sounds like, and it seems like that's where a lot of people are. I'll never not watch it, and I'll never, it, you know, best case, keep up with it. But Mike, I would admit to you right now, and I've said it on the show. We know everyone. If you listen to the show, you know that I work weird hours. I don't watch Raw live ever. Uh, not in its entirety. And the same with SmackDown. I sometimes catch it live in its entirety. Sometimes I fall asleep because I get up super early. So I always DVR these shows and catch up on them. And I try to do my best to catch up on them before we record this podcast. That being said, lately, I haven't been doing it. I haven't felt the need to go back and rewatch, even if I've made it through the first hour and a half of Raw or the first hour of SmackDown. I haven't felt the need to go back and watch it. I read about what happened. I, you know, might watch some of the segments on YouTube that I missed that I felt were important. And that's it. And it's because it's so much of the same that I can pretty much tell you what happened anyway without even reading about it. Because we're crossing the same bridges every single night, night to night. And it just is diminishing the overall product, and it's a problem, and we talk a lot about the good things that they do, and we try to be positive, we try to be the voice of reason, and we're the guys that tell you, don't get mad at the book from chapter one, but this is causing a overall diminishing quality of the overall product of the two main shows in WWE. I am also not a ratings guy i i don't think i i've said it numerous times on this show as well mike if the ratings are staying high if the ratings are staying high in the top five the way that they are on cable then there's not a problem you know what i mean it, it it's got to be related to current times you can't look at ratings from 1997 and compare them to 2019, because the way people consume television is drastically different. That being said, you know, it is a fact that there are less people watching this television program. And even if you can't equate it to uh, the, two, the 1997 version of Monday Night Raw and the ratings, even if you have to take into consideration the fact that People watch on YouTube, people watch on Hulu, people watch on this, people watch on that, 
And there's a lot of people, a lot of people, there's all kinds of reports out weekly about the number of people getting rid of satellite, getting rid of cable, or other options. So it's all validated that it's not a total people aren't watching their product. But Mike, you should want to try to improve those ratings even if it's not as big of a deal as you once had to worry about. You get what I'm saying? You should still want to push forward even if you're the top five of cable every week, which they are more times than not. You should still want to increase that even if in the slightest way and they're not doing that, Mike. They're not doing it. And this is a problem. And I don't think... How do I want to say this? I don't think AEW's TV deal starting in the fall is going to... I don't think it's going to affect... I don't think that it's going to have the overall effect of, well, it's going to make... I do think it'll help make WWE want to improve things, but I don't think... I think WWE being this kind of lackluster might actually hurt AEW. Does that make sense? Um, keep going. Well, it's kind of the disdain thing when people were starting to be like, ah, yeah, especially, yeah, sure, AEW is going to have their hardcore fans, hardcore, you know, smarks that are going to be like, well, WWE sucks, I don't watch that crap anyway, I'm watching AEW, that's for sure. But they need to capture a mainstream audience. And if WWE is currently turning off the mainstream audience for the months leading into October, I don't think that's good for any wrestling. That's fair. I can see that. I mean, if the biggest if the biggest name in it is not doing well, like everybody's going to hurt. Right. That, and that's kind of my point. And like, yes, you can say well, that gives AEW the opportunity to, uh, you know, steal these fans. Yeah, sure, it does. But these fans have to be willing to turn on pro wrestling. And there's a lot of people who are just tired of it. And it's it's a shame because right now, in, in all reality, even with the poor things that WWE are doing, 2019 is an awesome year for pro wrestling, Mike. There's so much of it. There's so many options to watch different things. You know, you have companies like WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, now AEW. It's booming. But at the same time, even for these shows that I know there's hardcore, you know, fandom for, I still see people complaining about stuff, even outside of WWE. So it's not... And I mean, that's also part of the society we live in right now, Mike, but... I don't know. It's is it too much? Is it is it a uh, oversaturation of the market? I don't really know. I hope and pray that if WWE tightens things up, even if maybe they have to because AEW is pushing the buttons and they are taking fans away, that it will improve everything and then it will just make everybody great and improve everyone. Which is kind of the thought. The thought is if AEW brings the competition. You know, Vince McMahon's never better than when his back's against the wall, right? We can agree on that. So, maybe we need, as WWE fans, to sit here and root even harder for AEW to be that second option. To push Vince to realize, hey, some of these decisions I'm making are not the best decisions long term. 
Vince McMahon has never made a bad decision in his entire life. <laughs> I really, really don't think that he, has, like, that's probably true about him. I just don't think he thinks he's ever made a bad decision. Like, he's infallible in his mind. Yeah, and he might think that. I, I can't, I can't disagree with that line of thought. It's just, it's not accurate, clearly, and it's just, man, it's so frustrating, because I think it's frustrating more than anything, because I know, like, wouldn't you agree, when WWE does something good and does something right, they do it better than anybody out there? Shane and Drew McIntyre, are they, do you think that they're, hold on, I'm going to answer your question, but do you think, like, okay, I'm... It seems to me that Shane and Drew McIntyre are in some kind of like weird homosexual relationship. <laughs> and wow, I didn't Shane think McMahon there, but okay. is clearly the top. And Drew McIntyre is like a six foot eight power bottom. Um, I don't think we're going for that, Mike. That, well, they need to really fucking take a step away from it then. Um, <laughs> repeat the question. I said we can both admit that yeah, like, when WWE they do things does that, something yes. good. Yes, when they fucking hit a home run, it's a grand slam. Like they don't like the WWE does one of two things. If we're gonna follow this baseball analogy, right? They either strike the mm -hmm. fuck out. Or they hit a fucking grand slam. Yep. There's no in between. Yep. They don't get doubles and triples, man. No. And it's weird and it's frustrating because you feel like these motherfuckers should hit a grand slam every time they get up to bat. You think. But they don't. They don't. And it is frustrating because when they do, it is so good. You know, we're going to talk about it later, but the Firefly Funhouse, they are knocking that out of the park each and every week. And when you see them able to pull that off, you think, what the hell are you doing with this other part? You know, they put on, and I know, like you said, you're not watching consistently, but... This week, they put on some really good TV matches, Mike. Really good. Really entertaining. You know, a little bit of psychology. Uh, I don't know if you saw it this week, but the six-man tag with Braun Strowman in it. Dude, Braun was unbelievably good in that match, okay? Uh, uh, um, good spots. Good, uh... A lot of old-school people would probably say there wasn't enough ring psychology, but... The ring psychology that was there worked. It worked for me, for sure. It was a really fun six-man tag. And really enjoyable. And I think if people actually sat down and watched it, they'd have thought, this is why I like WWE. But you sprinkle that in, and then you sprinkle in the other stuff, and it just kind of, like, it levels everything out. And that's not what we want. We need everything to be up at the top, top, tippity-top. And I'm not saying that every episode of Monday Night Raw has to have the same impact as, you know, John Moxley showing up on Double or Nothing. You get what I'm saying? Because you can't do that all the time. But it should at least keep you invested, and they're not doing a good enough job with 
with the entire scope of fandom and keeping everybody invested. And that's that's a problem, Like It's a problem. And I think the biggest thing that stems from that, or the biggest thing that's causing this issue, is the overuse of people week, you know, Monday to Tuesday on the same brands and not utilizing some of the people they have and repeating storylines day to day that could be easily week to week instead. Look, no one's asking every week to have some kind of impactful fucking moment, right? I don't think that we're asking that. I think what we are asking is that every week we don't see a whole bunch of the same people over and over and over. Like, your star power isn't what's lacking. What's lacking or Okay, right? We've all seen fucking Star Trek, right? Yeah. Everybody's seen Star Trek. The stars of fucking Star Trek are uh, William Shatner, James T. Kirk, Captain James T. Kirk himself, and Spock Leonard Nimoy, right? And the show Mm -hmm. is essentially about the adventures of Spock and Leonard Nimoy, right? But you know what Spock and Leonard Nimoy can't do? They can't pilot the fucking USS Enterprise by themselves. You know why? Because it's a star... It's a class four... Uh... Subnuclear... I'm making this shit up. It's uh, because... You can't... You know why they can't? Because it's a fucking starship that takes, uh... Like, uh, a shit ton of people to pilot, man. So, like, you need a motherfucker to... Yeah. You need a motherfucker on communications... So you got Uhura over there looking all fine in her dress. Uh, you got uh, fucking Chekhov because you need a motherfucker to drive it. You got Sulu doing whatever Sulu does. You got Scotty down there running the engine. He's like your maintenance guy. You got Bones, your doctor, because you got a bunch of motherfuckers living on this thing. You need a doctor, right? So you got to have all these other characters on there, right? But instead, right. we are not getting all these other characters. We are led to believe that the Starship Enterprise is being flown by two motherfuckers, and they are going to adventures at, on every planet by themselves. They are doing everything. They're running the transporter, even though it's impossible to run the transporter once you've transported yourself to another planet because you've therefore taken the transporter away from your control. Like, that's just... <laughs> and that's how Raw is. Raw's like... Raw's like... Raw and SmackDown are like... These are two shows about two, uh, as we're led to believe, semi-competing wrestling brands. They each have their own full roster full of colorful and entertaining characters. And it turns out that by full roster of colorful and entertaining characters, they meant like eight dudes. And Becky Lynch. Yeah, yep. And And that is all we're getting. And it's like, it's like we have never complained about the lack of fucking star power on the show. That's never, not one time has anyone been like, you know what? I could fucking use some more of that Seth Rollins guy. Not ever, ever, because we get an adequate amount of Seth Rollins. And I say that as a fucking avid Seth Rollins fan. But not ever, ever, ever have I thought 
then maybe I needed uh, AJ Styles to show up on both shows. No, I don't. Daniel Bryan, I'm a huge fan of. Now, did I? Uh, Kevin Owens. I didn't need Kevin Owens to be on fucking Raw this week. I did not. And guess what? I certainly didn't need to see him on fucking SmackDown either. And we love Kevin Owens. And I love... See, like, I've purposely named off all people that I like. I've named off people that purposely that are internet fanboys fans still. Like, these are all people that, like, even if you're a fucking... The most jaded internet wrestling fan, you're still like, you know, man, those four dudes can go. And, like, I just don't need to fucking see him. You know what I do need to see? Um, a little more Dolph Ziggler. You know... Well, not really, like, (laughs) you know, they're starting to use him more, like, now, but, you know, like, I do need a little more fuck Chad Gable, as we previously talked about. I like Chad Gable. Uh, The dude is a great wrestler. I do need a little bit more, um, you know, uh... Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, uh, Rusev, actually, I, I, you know, I, Rusev... I feel like I feel like they just need to throw him away and start over from scratch with a like a new foreign heel. I really do. Like him and Nakamura both. I feel like they just need to kind of throw them away and just go down to the foreign heel store and pick them up a couple new foreign heels and see what they can do. Um like there's 3 hours on Raw. You could like Here's the thing, I am not even complaining about Lars Sullivan versus Lucha House Party. Because there's four motherfuckers on TV that are never on TV. I think it's whole st- terrible plot, but like I'm not going to complain about it because it's four motherfuckers on TV I rarely see on TV. It's like Lacey Evans, okay, cool, man, right on. That's a way to go, that's a way to go. But like, you know, Ruby Riot's a thing that exists still. Well, Ruby Riot did have double shoulder surgery, so I'll give him that one. But, you know, Ember Moon's a thing. Ember Moon is a thing that exists right now. What the fuck are we not doing? Like, and don't get me wrong, man, Becky Lynch fan, but like, uh, Charlotte fan, Alexa fan, but like, fuck, man, let's step the fuck away from the shit. Like, no one has complained about the star power, man. It's everything after your top... 10 people. Everything after that, like, just is fucking garbage. So, because you don't try, and all you do is fill it in with replays of these other 10 people, and just give me these same 10 people on both shows now. On both fucking shows now. Are you serious? Holy shit. You're making me sick of people. (laughs) You're making me sick of the only things I liked about your show, which was the fucking talent. And now I'm sick of that. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating, and don't get me wrong, everybody listen, like, we love WWE, we both do, it's just not where we want it to be right now in this current time, and we both hope that that changes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, Mike, and we're going to talk about something that I enjoy that you may not, so this could be interesting. Uh, hang tight, we will be right back.
David Mann has dominated the TV screen, and while I'm not crazy about the amount of screen time he's getting, which people were clearly complaining about, I love what they're doing with him. I love the way he's doing it. I love having Drew McIntyre as his, you know, big-time heater. I love that the Revival are involved in this, and they're now tag team champions. Uh, I I like that Elias is just the lackey that just kind of hangs around when he's on SmackDown. I, I, I like it all. Uh, what do you think the endgame is here? Because, you know, we, we're getting Shane dominating the TV, beating top guys, uh, and it doesn't matter how, he's beating them, okay? So, he's beaten the Miz now, what, three separate occasions? I think. He's beaten Roman Reigns. Uh, help me out, he's beaten someone else here. But it's, 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 the, it's the fact that they're positioning Shane as a top, top heel. They're, in my opinion, helping Drew because they're aligning him with Shane. And like I said, Elias kind of looks like the lackey, but Shane, or Drew looks like a big-time player. Does that make sense? Like, there's a difference between the way those two characters are kind of shown on screen with Shane McMahon. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Drew goes where Shane goes. Like, Drew is clearly the important key factor behind Shane McMahon doing what he's doing. They've added the Revival and Elias to this act, and, you know, a Revival just won the Tag Team Championships, which I love. Uh, I love the way this little quasi-faction is coming together. But where do you see it going? Because there's speculation that this might be leading to a Shane McMahon WWE Championship run. And while I kind of laugh, I kind of think, man, that might not be that far off. What in the actual fuck is happening on this show? (laughs) You don't like the Shane McMahon stuff. I don't mind that Shane McMahon's on the show, right? I really don't. Um... Dude brings a certain amount of energy, but the thing with Shane McMahon is that Shane McMahon is like the best backyard wrestler in the world, but he's still a fucking backyard wrestler. And on top of that, uh, I I totally see what you're saying. And on top of that, man, like. Do we still, like, we always, we just always have to have this thing now. Like, we can't ever just have a time when there isn't some shitty McMahon drunk on power on this fucking show. Like, there's never, ever gonna be a time where that's not... Well, things are gonna change, we're gonna listen to you. Um... Because you gave us Kofi and Becky Lynch. Well, so it's just no. Hold on, let me finish. So it's just such a fucking tiring aspect for me that for twenty fucking years we've just been like, 
Like, like if you go work for this company, and I mean this like in like kayfabe storyline wise, right? Why would you ever go work for them? <laughs> like it's just for twenty years. Like you know that this family that owns this company and is going to be your boss is going to be the worst motherfucker in the world to you at some point. And I'm just like, don't think that we need this constant rotation of asshole McMahons, drunk on power, some kind of fucking authority figure. Like, I just don't fucking need it anymore, man. I'm just so tired of it. Well, let me, let me say this. While I understand what you're saying and I don't necessarily disagree with the overplayed authority figure uh, about three weeks I'd say timeline wise about three weeks after they came out and announced that they were changing things and that we were the authority and that you know we're eliminating the GM role and blah 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 I started to see people complaining about man they really need an authority figure on this TV show and maybe that's because it's been 20 years that we've had some kind of, you know... Condition. Heel. Heel. Yeah, heel. Con- condition to have some kind of heel, uh, you know, power-hungry leader on each show. And maybe that's why. But it was, I saw more complaints than, you know, not about there not being a... A, a leader on the show that directs things and makes things happen. I'm with you. I don't need it. I don't need someone making matches. It can just happen. It can be from a quote-unquote presidential role, which I think for the most part was what they were going for. And I don't necessarily look at Shane as like a GM or an authority figure, even though he kind of is. I just look at him as, you know, he's a McMahon, so he is part of this company, his father owns it, so he's got the power to do whatever he wants, even if he's not a quote-unquote GM or a quote-unquote, you know, uh, authority figure. Uh, It just works out because he's a McMahon. So I I do get it, I'll give him a pass on that, but I love what they're doing with him and the way they're doing it, and I love the way that it's laid out. I think Shane's doing a good job of what he's being given, uh, Shane is not the best in ring guy, but he is really good right now, especially at getting the booze and getting the heat and making people want to uh, dislike everything this guy is doing and not in a go away way and in a good way, in a heel way. I love it. Um, do you think he's the guy that beats Kofi? Um, I think it's possible. I think, think it's though, it's real motherfucking ballsy to have your son beat your first black champion. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still like my idea better of broadcasting that in on the first SmackDown. I do, too. I like that idea so much. I like that idea so much I'm certain it won't happen. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. But I, I don't I don't hate the idea of Shane winning this title. Uh, even if it's 
not off of Kofi, if it's off of someone else down the road. Uh, I like what they're doing with Shane. My thing is, I almost do want it to wrap up a little quicker because I just... It's because of the TV time that he's eating up on both shows. If he was doing this on one show, I wouldn't care. But that being said, Mike, you know, people complain that WWE just refuses to have long-term storytelling. This Shane story has been going on since November, dude. Has, has it really? That was when he became best in the world. Oh. Wow. So, you know, if we're complaining about that, and then we're complaining about, well, they don't tell long-term stories, we're basically just saying, well, we just don't care what they do. We're going to complain about it. You get what I'm saying? So they're telling a long-term story. I'm going to enjoy it and let them, let them tell it. I, I could do with less Shane McMahon on my TV. You know, let's stick him on a Raw. Whoever he's feuding with. He's feuding with Roman right now. Then let's just keep him on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Drew, if he wants to be with Drew on Raw, oh, I'm even okay with that. But let, but, but let Drew be the focus. You know what I mean? Like, Shane wants to come out with Drew for one of Drew's matches. I'm cool with that. But let Drew cut the promo. Let Drew do the work in the ring. And, and let's do it that way. I think that's a way better option. And I think that it's uh, the way they should go. The thing with Shane McMahon is, he's like a better version of the in-ring Vince McMahon. You know, Vince became an in- on-screen character than an in-ring character, and you know, in all honesty, was one of the best heel characters ever in pro wrestling. Shane, I think they're trying to recapture that with Shane. The difference, I think, you know, we can discredit Shane's in-ring skills, call him the world's best backyard wrestler, which I find hilarious and accurate. But, you know, he's not horrible, and... No, I mean, he's, he's entertaining as fuck. His matches are super entertaining. He's definitely a, a, another level when you compare him to what Vince did. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think they're roughly around the same age. Like, he now is around the same age that Vince was when Vince was getting in the ring. And it's a whole different level of ability. You know what I mean? And And being able to do some of these crazy bumps and and take some of these crazy bumps and being able to look competitive. And I know people don't like the fact that he's able to beat someone like Roman, who's supposed to be the top star, but we got to not pretend like Shane's some little dude who doesn't know what he's doing. Shane's a big jacked up guy, you know, and he's been around this business his entire life. So I have no problems believing that he has skill. And he almost rarely ever just wins by straight out clean pin in the middle. You know what I mean? There's always a heel tactic to it. So I'm totally okay with him being, you know, getting these key victories. As long as it leads somewhere important. I don't know if I want that to be a WWE Championship run. I mean, if it is, I don't think it'll be a long one. But I like where they're going with the faction, and I enjoy what he's doing. Do you think 
where do you think the end game is? If it's not him winning the championship for some super over babyface to just shut down the McMahon angle of this, which is what would happen if he does win this title. If that's not the end game, what do you think is, man? Do you have any idea other than that? Um, repeat that last sentence there. I'm sorry, I kind of zoned out. I was thinking about Shane McMahon, <laughs> and I You're was like, about Shane and Drew, and who's I was, top and who's bottom. Well, no, I was thinking about Shane, and I was, like, paralleling him to Vince in my mind, and I kind of zoned out and missed, like, what the qu- actual question was there at the end. My question is, what's the end game? You know, there's speculation. Oh, the end game. Um, that, yeah. I, 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 is there an end game? I don't know. I don't know, and I think... I understand why people are putting out there, like, well, he's going to beat Kofi for the WWE title. Like, dude, he's beating top names. I totally understand where people are coming from saying this. I don't know that it's the answer. I don't know that it's the answer I want. I don't know that it's not the answer I want. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I am enjoying this. I could use less of him, but I enjoy it. But I don't know what else the end game would be, Mike. I, I sit here and I rack my brain. I don't think I don't think it would make sense to use Drew McIntyre as a babyface against him, do you? Not the way they're building him. Oh no, it'd be insane to turn Drew McIntyre babyface for Shane fucking McMahon. See, that's the other problem. Man, are we really fucking wondering how to book this show around Shane fucking McMahon? <laughs> like we're really doing we this right now. We are, but to be fair, right now, Shane's one of the top heels in the company, and I think that's good for Drew, because Drew's aligned with him. Man, I really want to see Drew with a with the universal title around his waist, Mike. I really do. Look at any fucking title around his waist, huh? And, and I mean, I, I think, I think that this is strengthening Drew's heel work. I think that this is strengthening Drew's heel character. My hope is that that's a big reason why we're doing this. I, I, I'm hoping that this is all an effort to build uh, Shane McMahon, or to build Drew McIntyre through Shane McMahon into a even more credible threat. You know what I mean? Like, let's use this to our advantage to make Drew a bigger opponent for some of these guys and you know Romans Romans taking L's to Drew and Shane so they seem to be putting them on par with each other even though Shane's a McMahon and in theory always has the upper hand on everyone but I'm just trying to figure out where we're going with this and I don't see an end game and I I don't I don't hate that because that makes it less predictable. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, I don't know where they're going with this, so this is stupid. Because that's not fair. Because people complain when it's too predictable, and then I'm going to sit here and talk about how I don't know what they're, where they're going with it, and I'm going to complain. No, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? You know what I bet would help Drew McIntyre get over more than helping Shane McMahon win matches? <laughs> What's that? Just winning his own fucking matches. Well, he is. He beat Roman. 
Uh, and we'll see how Stomping Ground goes. Just, just I, I have think... him win some matches, man, against some people on his own. Just He's just a big <laughs> guy, man. Like, you can... Uh, but clearly they don't know what to do with big dudes because they have them arm wrestle people that haven't been relevant since 2004. <laughs> they have them... Uh, wrestle people that haven't been relevant since Chris Benoit was fondly remembered. Wow. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's like that, man. I said that. I went there, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I don't know where the end game is, Mike. Uh, I, I don't know. We're gonna get future WWE championship. I'm gonna do a throwback uh, here. I'm gonna do a throwback here, right? I'm gonna give you a good old mm-hmm. Meltzer. I'm gonna give you a good old Meltzer prediction. Oh, I like this. Shane, Shane McMahon's gonna either win the title. Drew McIntyre's gonna turn on him. Uh, he disappears off television. <laughs> or. He's going to turn face again. One of those is all going to happen, guys. Ah, there you go. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it with this. I did see where people were talking online, and I hadn't made the comment when someone said, putting the title on Shane McMahon would be the worst decision in WWE history, and I just responded with a gift of Jinder Mahal, and the WWE title. Yes, yeah, no, that's like, all it's I need to say about that. Nowhere near as bad as that. That full blown ruined <laughs> a show for like six months. And we live, we lived and survived through that, Mike. So I think we can live and survive through just about anything. I know we sounded super down on most of this stuff, and I don't want to end the show like that, Mike. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come, when we come back, I want to take a deep dive. Let's do some speculation. Let's do some guessing. Let's let's see where we're going with this. And that is the best thing on WWE television right now that's not the 24-7 title. That is the Firefly Funhouse. Hang tight. We will be right back. Shock the system. Well, if you're a regular listener of this show then you probably already know when you hear the Shock the System sound drop that something didn't quite come out with the recording of this podcast. Now, to pull the curtain back a little bit, we usually do record, Mike and I, in two-day sessions, typically Thursday and Fridays, just so you kind of see the timeline of what we consume, what we take in, and what we can talk about. Uh, This week, What you have just heard was the first recording session, and what you're hearing right now should be the second recording session where we wanted to take a deep dive into the Firefly Funhouse and Bray Wyatt and and everything that's involved in that. However, Mr. Force was a little under the weather on Friday, and I myself had... We tried to do something while I was at work. We are opposite schedules. He's usually getting a home from work when I'm leaving to go to work and we make it work on that drive in, but it did not, wasn't, we weren't able to link up and I couldn't get the break I needed at work to finish the show. We didn't want to 
not give the proper time and attention to the Firefly Funhouse breakdown that we really wanted to do. So, assuming nothing crazy happens to change all of our ideas for this topic by next week, and assuming that we have time to get into it, to devote to it like we want to, then we're going to bring that to you next week. So I I just wanted to come on and kind of wrap things up for you guys. I know we already gave you about an hour show anyway, but since I'm doing this late in the day on Friday and I can talk about it, I will throw this out and hopefully Mr. Forrest can comment on this uh, next week in the next episode. But All Out tickets went on sale and sold out in 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, The Elite are saying 15. Other sites are saying it was more about 30. It really doesn't matter. Uh, This is is the same venue that they had All In. So it's about a 10,000, maybe 11, if you're pushing it. Uh, 1,000 seating arrangement here. So... While still impressive, I do want to question uh, the fact that the Fighter Fest and the Fight for the Fallen, uh, both upcoming shows with AEW, still have plenty of tickets available. They are not sold out. So it is interesting, and I think this is not to take anything away from AEW, but this is a demand thing that the secondary market is killing, because I've already seen a lot of people... Uh, in groups that we are a part of, and groups that I am a part of, people were trying to get tickets, could not get tickets, were in line forever, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a ton of them with like double, triple, quadruple the price on a secondary market. This did not happen for Fighter Fest. This does not happen for Fight for the Fallen. So clearly, with double or nothing, uh, they saw the success of it. This being, uh, and this being uh, all out. <coughs> Being the next uh, available big thing with an on-sale date after All In, the secondary market took advantage. They got in, they got bots in there, and they bought these tickets up, which is a shame for the fans. Uh, It's a shame for AEW. It's a shame they can't get a handle on that. I don't know if it's something they can do. I don't know if they can go through a different ticket outlet. I don't know if they're afraid to because of the pricing, because they want to try to keep this fan-friendly and, you know, with reasonable prices. I know Ticketmaster is certainly not helpful with that. But I, I I don't know all the inner workings of the ticket game, so I don't want to... I, I don't want to... I can't get into how that works and why they seem to have this problem with their tickets getting bought on the secondary market for their big events. Uh, I think the interest, the demand is impressive. And and it's the demand that is causing the secondary market uh, selling to be an issue. And while it's unfortunate for them, it's good that there's that demand. It's more unfortunate for the fans. And it hurts AEW if these tickets stay high and they can't sell them. Now, here's what will generally happen if on the secondary market they have them marked up by two, three times, four times the amount that they sold originally, and they're not selling at those prices. Those those secondary ticket uh, outlets will drop the price. They will come down as you get closer to the show because they don't want to get stuck with them and lose money. So they may go back down to either close to the original or sometimes even under. It all just depends. I do know that much. So 
it'll be interesting to see. I think the biggest thing right now is knowing that Fighter Fest is free on uh, Bleacher Report Live. I think seeing the number of people that take the sign time to sign up for a Bleacher Report account in order to view this will be very interesting, very telling. Be uh, interesting to see what that means because I think it'll give a good idea of uh, the TV audience on TNT for uh, for AEW when the weekly TV starts uh, in rumored October. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, congrats to AEW on another sellout. Uh, sucks that all your fans didn't get those tickets and. They're going to be the ones hurt by the high ticket prices. I hope they can do something to try to fix that. I've seen a lot of... I'm early into this as I'm recording, and I've already seen a lot of people complaining about it. It's unfortunate. It does happen. Um, I, I hope they can fix this for their future events. But, again, it's a new company. These are the growing pains we're going to experience. They're going to experience, and as fans, we are going to experience. So, I guess we'll just have to see where it goes from here, if they can improve on that the 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 way they're marketing and selling these tickets and I, I they they can they just gotta get it figured out and figure out where they want to be and the amount of money they need to make and the amount of money they want to sell these tickets for so they can make that and still still keep it reasonable for the fans. I think that about wraps it up for us guys this week. Thanks as always for listening. Since Mike's not here, I'll take this time. I'm not going to give you a clever clever movie plot because I can't do that like he does. But I will say, if you like what you're listening to, uh, please subscribe. However you listen, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google uh, Podcast app. However you're listening, it is available. Please subscribe. Give us a rating, preferably five stars. We can be found on Facebook, facebook.com slash drivebypod, and uh, Twitter and Instagram at drivebypod. I believe Boris and Bart will be back next week. Uh, Bart or Boris, one of them was on vacation. I'm not sure which one. Maybe both of them. They always seem to be hand in hand. I don't know how that works, but it does. So they should be back next week. It's been a we've missed them these last two weeks here on Drive-By, but I'm sure they will be back with their super short report to entertain all of you guys. So, from me, I say it every week, it's been real, it's been fun, we will catch you next time. From Mr. Forrest, he loves ya, we love ya, let's be real, have a great week. <laughs>